right, we've got three stories from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about new brain research that shows why you should face your fears. We'll give you a reason to look at cute animal pictures or science. And we'll answer a listener question about how black holes get their names. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Ashley, are you a sucker for cat videos? Always. Really? I take a few of my own, too. <laughs> Do you? My cat has an Instagram, actually. Your cat has an Instagram. Yeah, yeah. That's impressive. Because she's the cutest cat in the world. So. What is your cat's Instagram? My cat's Instagram is tiny, all one word. A-G-L-E-T. We'll put a link in the show notes. Perfect. I'm not a big Instagrammer, so I haven't um, experienced this, but I have seen... Wow. Cat videos. Mm -hmm. And new research says looking at cute pictures of animals could help you rekindle your romance. Researchers at Florida State University had 144 couples fill out marital satisfaction surveys. Over the next six weeks, they showed the couples pictures of their partner smiling interspersed with other pictures. Some of the pictures were neutral, like a picture of a button, but other pictures were of adorable animals. The researchers actually didn't expect that this would make a difference at all. They had really low expectations. And yet... The study found over the course of those experiments, the couples who'd seen their spouses' faces together with puppies, bunnies, sunsets, and other happy images, they'd all developed even more positive associations for their mate than they had when the study began. And their levels of marital satisfaction went up. So the next time you hit a speed bump in your relationship, try just looking at cute animals. Maybe that's why the zoo is such a great date spot. I wonder if that works with, like, delicious food. You put, Ooh. look at your partner's face and then look at a big cheesesteak or something. If you're into cheesesteaks. <laughs> Which yeah, I totally am. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know something that could quickly ruin a relationship. What is that? If your partner is the official photographer at your friend's wedding and then puts all of the files on your computer and then you lose all of those files. What? Yeah. Did this happen? That's oddly specific. Mm-hmm. This really happened. What? Mm-hmm. We found them again, but they were, it was, it was a scary like year there was like a year where we didn't it was completely i don't know really what happened but if we had backed up those files none of that would have ever been a problem wow yeah that's a pretty good case for backing up your files like right now like today definitely and if you're not backing up your files then now is your chance because this episode is brought to you by backblaze cloud storage that's astonishingly easy and just five dollars a month you get unlimited cloud backup for documents, music, photos, drawings, wedding pictures, and more. <laughs> I use Backblaze to back up band recordings, full-size uncompressed music files, past podcasts, and general disaster recovery. And it only costs five bucks a month. With Backblaze, you can access all your data anywhere in the world, including your phone, in case you max out your storage. Sign up today to get a fully featured 15-day free trial at backblaze.com curiosity. Sign up, play around with the settings, and start protecting yourself from potential bad times. Not next week, not tomorrow. Start today. That's backblaze.com slash curiosity. Take charge of your digital life right now with Backblaze. Cody, when's the last time you faced a fear? Probably not recently enough. I do know that I'm terrified to ride a bike in the city on streets. Oh, yeah. I, I got over that. That was a hard one, though. I know I just have to ride down some streets, but... It's good to have a buddy. Like if someone else is with you who's like really confident. Oh, that's, yeah, no. That's how I did My it. wife is dying for me to do it, Aww. but I just oh, I can't. I haven't bitten the bullet yet, but I, I will. I will give an update when I finally ride my bike down streets in the city of Chicago. So researchers in Switzerland wanted to figure out exactly how the brain gets rid of traumatic memories during exposure therapy. That's basically when you face your fears. And the Mayo Clinic says that's the best way to get rid of your fears and phobias. 
If you're afraid of spiders, say, you might talk about spiders, then look at pictures of spiders, then sit in a room with a spider, then get closer until you can actually touch the spider. Stuff like that. So the science behind this has a lot to do with your memories, how they form, where they're stored, and how you recall them. And scientists are a little hazy on the specifics of all of those things. I mean, just last year, MIT scientists figured out that long-term memories form in a totally different way than we originally thought. So for this study, the researchers had a couple theories as to how exposure therapy works in the brain, so they tagged the active brain cells of special mice with a specific molecule. They gave the mice a phobia by shocking them in this little box, and then gave them exposure therapy, where they put them in that box without any danger happening. You can read the specific details of the study today on Curiosity.com and on the Curiosity app for Android and iOS. But in the end, they showed that exposure therapy works by actually modifying the brain cells responsible for the original fear memory. Now, the memory tagging technique they used isn't fail-safe, so the old memories might not technically be rewritten. They could still be there somewhere. But it's still powerful evidence that to get over your fears, you have to experience them again. It's easier to just avoid the things you're afraid of, but the American Psychological Association says that could just make your problem bigger. So face your fears. You'll be glad you did. I'll get on that bike. <laughs> we'll wrap up today with a listener question that comes from Kim. Kim wrote in, I'm just curious, do the name black holes the same way the name stars? That is a very good question. We kind of touched on this when we talked about how Pluto got its name in an article we covered a couple months ago, but I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And here's what we wrote about where celestial bodies get their names. The International Astronomical Union was actually formed about a century ago to encourage international cooperation between astronomers all around the world. The IAU now regulates the naming of asteroids, planets, comets, moons, and even geographical features on extraterrestrial worlds. And that involves a very long, carefully regulated process of proposals and committees to ensure that names aren't offensive or redundant or just too silly. We're probably going to not name a black hole, black hole, Mick, black holy face anytime <laughs> <No>. <laughs> soon. Oh, it's too bad, though. But I feel like I should say that Kim asked that question because I tweeted that if anyone has questions about black holes or dark matter, I'm going to get an opportunity really soon to ask all the questions I want because I am attending next this weekend. Right when you're listening, I will be there. That's a New York conference for science and skepticism. And I'm going to be interviewing all sorts of wonderful scientists who work on this kind of stuff. And I'm super excited. Yeah. And if you have any questions that you want Ashley to ask any scientists, astronomers, chemists, I believe there's some psychologists, some neurologists, it'll be all sorts of people. If you have any questions, tweet at Ashley or tweet at curiosity.com. You can find links to our handles both in the show notes, or you can email us at podcast at curiosity.com. And I'll make sure that Ashley sees those messages. Just one more opportunity to satisfy your curiosity. And there are going to be lots of opportunities to satisfy your curiosity this weekend because we've got big plans for the site. What can you learn about this weekend, Ashley? This weekend, you'll learn about Einstein's theory of happiness, the mental downside to Western yoga and meditation, how your phone makes you a worse driver even if you don't touch it, the story about a nuclear demon core, the alien faces illusion, and more. Can't wait to hear about that nuclear demon core. It's a wild story. Sounds like an awesome new villain from my next Rift's quest. <laughs> Don't even ask what that is. Join us again Sunday for a special, slightly longer Sunday edition of this podcast. If there's something you're curious about, again, email us at podcast at curiosity.com. I'm Ashley Hamer. And I'm Cody Goff. Have a great weekend. And stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network. 